Hello, 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 and welcome to Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I'm your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. People, I'm off to be here with you again. This is April 17, 2010, and we're here. Well, I'm doing this show live from the road. I'm actually on en route to Charlotte, North Carolina right now as we speak. I'm actually 10 minutes away from Charlotte, North Carolina as we speak. I'm going to see a, a dynamic play. I'll do this by uh, Dante. Dante is a, a, a dynamic young man who was on the show back in December. He's uh, just released his, his uh, a dynamic gospel album. Um, he's just doing some phenomenal things. So we're going here tonight to support him in his uh, the grand opening of his play in uh, Concord, North Carolina. People, you know, you're coming here with me, and I'm, I'm thankful that you're here with me uh, as we go forward to, to be supportive to somebody who, who has been so supportive to so many others. So it's always good to be a blessing to other people. And I thank you again. I don't take you for granted. I don't take this opportunity for granted. I don't take you for granted. Look, continuously tell us how we're doing. You, your comments have been very helpful in how we've been doing our shows. And, you know, I want our time together to be very, very special and beneficial to each and every one of us. But before we go any for, further, I turn this show over to God's Holy Spirit so that we all get what we came for and that is a move of his spirit. People, I am just so honored that I get a chance to come and talk to you, and, and we get a chance to, to hang out every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time here on Creating a Championship Standard of Living. And I want you to know this. Like I was saying earlier, your comments matter. What you think about what we're doing here matters because, look, we're, I'm doing this for you. And if, if you aren't getting touched by the things we're doing, and I'm doing it in vain. And I want to be a blessing to you. I want, I want you to get everything that you're supposed to have. I'm here to provide hope to the dreamer, the visionary, and the go-getter, that God still blesses the dreams of the dreamer, the visions of the visionary, and the goals of the go-getter. I want you guys to, to know that I am very thankful, again, just to be here with you. And I want to know, again, like what is it going to take for you to be the person you've been called to be. And if I can do anything to help you, let me know. You can contact me on Facebook, Twitter, MySpace, facebook.com slash Miles W. Miller. That's M-Y-L-E-S-W-M-I-L-L-E-R. MySpace.com slash Miles W. Miller. Twitter.com slash, you guessed it, Miles W. Miller. People, we got some dynamic things on tap for you today. As always, I want you guys to... Just sit back and relax. We're going to play one of my uh, motivational moments. It's called Be True to, Be True to You, and we'll be right back.
Well, it seems like we have a little technical difficulty with our switchboard here, but nevertheless, in live radio, you know anything can happen, and I'm always prepared. So I want to talk to you today about a dynamic product that my colleague, my brother, I'll call him Dr. J.L. Godfrey, the one day soon I'm speaking out over his life, uh, uh, J.L. Godfrey, uh, host of Make It Happen Radio, he, uh, people, he, he came up with a dynamic product for you to, to help in such a time as now. People have been going through a spiritual reflection with some of the things that have been going on with, uh, you know, the economy downsizing uh, companies and, and, and things of that nature. And he came up with the spiritual stimulus package. The spiritual stimulus package, I'm telling you, it's, it's a dynamic tool. It's a dynamic, just, it's like a, it's like being handed a sword. And not only are you being handed a sword, but you're being handed the instructions on how to swing the sword effectively so that you can get results in your life. People, we have three of the, the most dynamic motivators of our time, J.O. Godfrey, Dr. Walter Sims, and your, yours truly, Mr. Miles W. Miller, together, team together to, to bring to you a dynamic product that will help revolutionize everything that you're doing. If you're a dreamer and you're a visionary and you're a go-getter, this is a product that you must have. It's called the Spiritual Stimulus Package. And you can go and get it today at jlgodfrey.com. Again, you can get the Spiritual Stimulus Package over at jlgodfrey.com. That's J-L-G-O-D-F-R-E-Y.com. And I'm telling you, it's going to be an absolute blessing to, to everything you're doing. So we're going to try to go back to our uh, our clip, Be You. Little boy, no time for 
Dante, a dynamic song, a very inspirational song. People, I have to tell you this. I've been telling you this for the last couple of weeks, and I want, I'm going to keep reiterating it. I want you to hear my voice very, really clearly, really, really clearly. The month of April and the month of May are going to be dynamic months of release, Di- months of dynamic release, dynamic release for dreamers, visionaries, and go-getters with their hands supply. So what does that mean? If you have a dream, if you have a vision, you got some goals, you got things that you want to accomplish, now is a dynamic time to go forth and be the person you've been called to be, regardless of what anybody may think, regardless of what anybody may say. If God gave you the vision, he'll give you the provision. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. Go get it. I can't say it any, any clearly, any more clearly than that. Go get it. Whatever it is you're supposed to do, whatever it is you're supposed to have, whatever it is you're supposed to be, go get it. We go, we're, in fact, we're doing it together. Today is, is a, a, a major milestone for me. I've stepped out of my comfort zone, and it's the very things I'm telling you I'm, I'm doing them today. 
if there's something that you feel that you should do, you have to go forth with gusto, with everything that's inside of you, and go get it. Today is 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 just an absolutely phenomenal time to be who you've been called to be. And I want to share that with you. I want to leave that with you. I want to put that in your spirit because this is a dynamic time for you. If you have a dream, a vision, or goals, and you're actually absolutely moving those goals, you're ex- you're active in it. This is a this is a time of dynamic release. Go get it. Don't let anything hold you back. Go get it. Now, with that stated, I want to say this. In life, we have to be prepared for the unexpected. And I had no clue that I would be doing the show today from the freeway, from, from I'm actually on I-85 as we speak. But it's always great that that the people you're connected to are dreamers and visionaries like yourself. I happened to to reach out to to someone, and they were able to help me continue to live my dreams. And that's how we have to be for each other. We have to be able to to reach out and help another person live their dreams. So without further ado, I want to play for you my one of my motivational moments. It's called What is Success? And I'll be right back with you. First and foremost, I want to set the table. Um, my belief of, of success, success is truly about uh, pursuing what our divine creator has intended for us to be and intended for us to do and intended for us to, to you know, be a part of. I think a lot of times you see people who are, who are floundering in life is because they don't understand what they've been intended to do or their purpose. I'm always, you know, this last, the last couple months I've been really big about purpose and how to help people realize their purpose because I understand firsthand that when you don't understand your purpose, as Dr. Miles Monroe you know, said so eloquently, where purpose is unknown, abuse is inevitable. I want to get people from, I want to help you get from that place of abuse to a place of, of thriving, a place of living, a, you know, an ultimately good life, a life, you know, that people, other people around you would want to emulate. I feel like that that's also another factor, another uh, component of success. Success is, is living a life that's worthy of emulating. Um, there's nobody if you go to a prison cell right now I can almost guarantee you unless there's something dynamic about somebody in there that none of those people in there are living a life that I want to emulate and even still even if they are that dynamic I still don't want to emulate their life because I don't want to be there I don't want to know where they ended up so success is having people having a life that you can be proud of a life that, that your children want to emulate and, and, and your friends see your life and they want to emulate as well um, also, what people don't another thing people don't recognize is that success will require work, but so does failure. I'll say it again: success requires work, but so does failure. You actually have to work at being a failure. You, have, you actually have to it, because the universe, the way God has designed the universe for us, we're designed to win. We're designed to thrive. We're designed to be the head, not the tail. 
the first not the last. So in order to not succeed in life, you actually have to go against everything that's been stacked in your favor to not succeed. That was what is success, and and people, what is success to you? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to win? Are you willing to do whatever it takes to person you've been called to be? I really believe that inside of each and every one of you who can hear my voice dwells the spirit of a champion. But today I want to I want to play an interview that we did previously with a a dynamic young man. He this guy was absolutely phenomenal. He absolutely took a, 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 a David versus Goliath situation on his own personal shoulders and led a team, a, a, a region of people, to a championship against a perennial powerhouse. I'm, I'm talking about Mr. Jared Zabransky. Mr. Zabransky was the quarterback, the winning quarterback of the 2007 uh, Fiesta Bowl, Boise State. Uh, Broncos, and he's this young man is a dynamic young man, and I believe that you can learn some, some dynamic things just listening to his story of overcoming adversity to become a champion. So, without further ado, we're going to pl- replay that Jared Zabransky interview, and we'll be right back. Hello, and we're welcoming to the show, to the four quarter comeback show tonight, uh, a dynamic young man. He is a, a, what you would call a comeback master. He's had some, some trials in his life. He's had some, some ups and downs. But we're here with the dynamic Mr. Jared Zabransky. Uh, you may remember Jared as the the quarterback of the 2006 Boise State Broncos who went undefeated and played Oklahoma in the 2007 Tostitos Fiesta Bowl. Uh, Jared, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Hi, Jared. It's a great honor to have you on the show tonight. Hey, thanks for having me. Like I said, I was uh, talking to you earlier, and I wanted to let you know again, uh, you know, publicly on air, man, it's absolutely an honor to have you here. I think that the people are really going to enjoy just watching, you know, the information that you – listening to the information that you present tonight. I know it's going to be dynamic, man. Well, I appreciate you having me. I I take any opportunity to, to, uh, you know, especially to to speak about the Fiesta Bowl. It's a great memory for me, and – you know, whatever I can do to to uh, shed light on the situation, or, or to uh, you know give give anybody inspiration or, or anything in those sorts, uh, I'm, I'm always happy to always obliged to to help. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Well, Jared, I know people who have been following you for years now. They've gotten accustomed to seeing you pull off some miraculous comebacks in your football career. Can you just share with the people during those situations what motivates you to keep your cool? And lead your team to victory. Well, a lot of different things. Um, first and foremost, uh, I had a lot of a lot of help along the way with and a lot of guidance with a number of different things. My coaches, um, um, you know, mental coaches, football coaches, God, and all of the above. I kind of relied on for strength and uh, and guidance. So when I got into those positions, I was I was already keyed and ready to to handle them. And uh, you know, it, f- 
for me, it was always it was always kind of based on perception. How do I want to perceive the situation? Do I want to perceive it as a failure or, or as a challenge? And uh, you know, I always looked at it as the latter. And to to look at something in, in that sort of light, you, you can kind of you know take a step beyond it and uh, you know realize that that you have a chance to to do something about it. And and it's always you know in in your mind, you can always perceive it the way that you want to. So. Uh, you know, I was just focused on how I looked at things, and a lot of that, a lot of the times I looked at things like I could, I could respond or I could come back. So instead of looking at it like a loss or, or there's no chance. Right. That 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 dynamic stuff. Sir, could you share with the people how important your relationship is with your coaches and mentors, as far as, you know, specifically, what are some things that they share with you that that keeps you you know, encouraging and cool? Well, it's it's all about the preparation process. And, uh, you know, you practice and you practice and you, and you train and you get ready for certain situations. So when they happen, you've already you've already been in that situation. Now, nothing's like a game. You know, you, you, can't, you can't simulate games and practice. You can try to become, you know, as close to those as possible. And uh, so what we try to do is just, Simulate them as, as best as we could, and, and when we got there, it was like we'd already been there. So you could approach it in a certain manner to where you know I've been there, done that. But throughout my career, I played in so many games that it actually was I've been there, done that. You know, I, I could I could right. go back and recall a situation to where uh, you know I've been in this situation before, and this is the outcome, this is the reason why. So I could approach it a certain way, and uh, you know your coaches are right there, you know. Their tutelage is it's priceless along the way, so you, know, you just got to take everything that you can from them and uh, you know try to apply it in the correct manner. Right, right. And that's, I, I'm always talking to my audience about how coaches and mentors are, are dynamic pieces to the puzzle. It actually shortens your curve of of experience, and you know it's the difference between making mistakes to learn experience or getting good mentorship to learn experience. It, it's dynamic. Definitely, definitely, because it. Most of the time, they've already been in that situation, so they can they can give you some direct information from their experiences, which which is uh, hard to come by. Right. So, I heard you mention God. How important is your spiritual faith in being able to make a comeback? It's very important because you have to have faith in in something greater, a higher power, and and that that accumulates and. Uh, and is directly influenced on the field because you have to believe that that God does things and puts things in your life for a reason, and um, you know he, He's looking for a response from you. So, you know, I that, I truly believe that 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 was faith the, the way that the things that the way things turned out, and uh, I believe that everything that I'd done previous to that situation was for a reason, and and that. Um, I was able to handle those things uh, specifically based on, you know, my faith and, and what I had done previously. Okay. That, that's absolutely wonderful, sir. And I'm, I'm, like I said, I, I know that when people are hearing you speak now, you're giving them a blueprint for how to come back in their lives, no matter on the field or off the field. So this is dynamic stuff. Jared, I often tell people that, the underdog plays with a chip on his shoulder because they're usually playing for the pride of a certain region or people 
who aren't normally expected to beat the odds against, you know, quote-unquote giants. Describe what it was like growing up in Oregon, in Hermiston, Oregon, and then going on to play at Boise State. What was it like playing for the pride of that group of people? It was huge because um, growing up from where I'm from, excuse me, was uh, not, a lot of, not a lot of people come out of Hermiston with with uh, Division One scholarships or, or college scholarships for that matter. It's kind of a, a rural community out in the northeastern part of Oregon, and it's not really known as a as a mecca for sports. So to get an opportunity to go play for a Division One football team and then uh, for a team that has as much, as much success as Boise State and to be such a big part of that success, you know, it was kind of surreal. But at the same time, you know, I really felt like I deserved that opportunity because of how much work I'd put in and how hard I'd worked to get there. And and then once I got there, you know, I just uh, kept working hard and, and uh, you know, really looked and hoped for the best. And I think a lot of the guys on our team, you know, the same type of thing. You know, we we'd all felt like we were big time college football players, and we we either gotten passed up on by big schools, or where we really wanted to show, you know, when we got the chance to play these big schools, that uh, you know we were better than these guys across the ball. And you know, I think especially my senior class, you know, we had like 11 guys that ended up signing with NFL teams, and a handful of a handful of them stuck. And, um, you know, there's still a couple of guys in in Canada as well as NFL. I think there's like six or seven of us still playing. You know, that's a big deal out of a, a mid-major school, and, and we all truly believe that we had that ability and that capability to, to go out and put, you know, strings of wins together like we did. And, uh, you know, we just really wanted to prove that we could do it. And, you know, when you have that chip on your shoulder, it gives you a little extra motivation, a little extra fire, you know, not only on, on game day, but getting ready for game day, and that's the biggest part was the preparation and, you know, the off-season training, off-season practices and, and uh, you know, the weekly preparation as well. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I, I'm just, you know, it, it amazes me to hear your story because I went to the University of Michigan, so we always had, a, you know, we're always coming from the, the, the mindset of this perennial powerhouse and, Michigan football is 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 just huge in Michigan. It's, 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 a, it's a big deal. And I understood, being a student on campus, how important that, that football program was. Being at Boise State and actually being a player that is taking this team, let's talk about the 2006 season for a minute. You're taking this team on what, if you were at a bigger school, would be a national championship run. What is the... What's going through your mind as you guys play your your final regular season game and you're undefeated and you're waiting for the call to go to the Tostitos of Fiesta Bowl? What's going through your mind to do, – do you think you guys can get that shot to play for the national title? Or do you think you deserve it? Or, you know, what, what were you guys thinking at that moment? You know, we all thought we deserved a, a chance for the national title, but we were we were more uh, realistic than that. We We knew that. You know, with I think there was two other teams that were undefeated that year, or maybe maybe there was just one other team that was undefeated. But we knew that you know a one-loss team from the SEC or a one-loss team from the Big 12 or Big 10 or Pac-10 was going to get in over us. So we were just excited to to get a chance to go to a BCS football game. We knew we were going to 
probably end up at the Fiesta Bowl and uh, knew that we'd get a great opponent, you know, whoever it may be. So we were we were ecstatic with our accomplishments up to that point, you know, going 12-0, and um, winning all of our regular season games. But we had accomplished that same feat two years prior when we played in the Liberty Bowl in 04, and we fell up short. And then the, the next year we had a, a decent year, and we, we lost the bowl game. So for me it was, you know, we've done this before. Now it's time to win a big game at the end of the season. And, uh, you know, I didn't want to go through my career and, and win, you know, 30-plus games and never won a bowl game. So, um, you know, that was a big one for us and for me especially. So, um, you know, we knew we, we wouldn't get a chance to play in the national. We felt like we we were entitled to it. We felt like we deserved it. But we we also were realistic in, in the fact that we knew we weren't going to be there, but we, we knew we were going to get a – uh, a BCS game, which we were excited about. Okay. So, let's go to the 2007 Fiesta Bowl, and you're playing perennial powerhouse Oklahoma. Were you guys ever shaken or ever, you know, moved by the fact that you're going up against this this juggernaut in Oklahoma? No, I I, I truly think that uh, me personally, and I think. The, the the large core of our team were excited for the opportunity, and you know we knew Oklahoma was good. We knew that they're a perennial powerhouse, seven national championships, this and that. You know, Adrian Peterson, great running back, maybe the best running back in the NFL right now. You know all these different things said, we knew that we had a great uh, core, you know, core unit of players, and I truly believed as long as long as uh, as well as probably a handful of our, our seniors believe that, you know, our, our 22, 23 top players were just as good or better than their, their 22 or 23, you know, where we knew was going to be tough is when they started making subs because that was kind of the deal with us was, you know, our starting lineups were solid, but, you know, we just kind of, there, there was a, a pretty big drop-off with our, with our backups to where, you know, the big schools, like, for instance, Michigan or or Oklahoma or Ohio State, you know, these schools, they can just sub in and, and the guys are, you know, just as good. So we knew we had to play well and, and uh, you know, stay healthy for one and, and uh, you know, really really kind of lean on each other for that. So we we knew we knew the situation, but at the same time, you know, from film study, we – I truly thought that we were better. I thought we matched up better. I thought our receivers were better than their DBs. I thought our offensive line was was as good or better than their defensive line. You know, our defense came out and played great. And we just we knew we had to score points because we knew their offense was dynamic as well and they could score points. So we knew it was going to be a shootout. But we we totally believed that we could win. And as long as you have that belief, you know that that'll carry you a long ways. Well, you're saying some things that. That I tell my audience all the time that you you have to expect to win. Whenever you go into a battle, or in or game or anything in life, you have to expect to win. You have to expect victory. So, you know that's that's major stuff right there to let people know that going into a major game, you expect it to come out the the, victor, the victorious team. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You can't. There's no way that you can go into a situation um, just expecting to show up. Because you're going to get blown out of the water. You know, you gotta you gotta look at the situation like you're going to go out and, and master it or dominate it, and, and uh, you know that gives you that confidence that that you really need to go into something. And, and uh, 
you know, confidence can carry you a long way. Yes, sir. So I'm going to just run a few scenarios by you throughout that game. I'm going to go at, at halftime. You have a 21-10 lead on Oklahoma, and you've been pretty much dominating them. What type of momentum do you guys take to the locker room, and what are you guys saying? What, what are your coaches saying to you when you go to the locker room at that point? Well, you know, we had that big play right before the end of the half where the play was kind of busted, and I kind of winged it out to the right side, and our receiver caught it and made a big play, made a couple guys miss, went in for like a 30-yard score. So we had all the momentum in the world. We went in, and, and all the captains and the seniors were hyped up, and, you know, we, we kind of told each other, you know, this is, this is a 0-0 football game, and uh, it starts right now. We've got to go out and win the second half, and that's kind of what our coaches were, were telling us. And, and uh, you know, we knew that that these guys were, you know, starting to wear us down because, you know, they're a big, big, big squad up front, and, you know, as skilled as, as some guys are, and, you know, our, our guys were, were really skilled. That's kind of where we made up for the size difference in a lot of ways. You know, the the size starts to wear you down a little bit. So we knew we had to go out and fight in the second half and, and uh, try to win the second half as well. And our coaches just kept, um, you know, preaching about execution and, and uh, you know, really really talking about a 0-0 a football game and trying to win the second half. Well, so the, the, the momentum was to not lose the momentum from the first first half, but the to keep it going, to, to not let up, right? Yeah, yeah, to keep it going and to finish uh, all four quarters. Wow. And I think that's a lot of things. A lot of times dreamers and visionaries forget that one piece. You have to finish what you start, and you were in the middle of a dogfight, and you knew that that this monster at any given moment could wear up his head, and, and you still have still got to fight it. Yeah, yeah. Wow, and that's, like I said, this, these are things that people need to take into life. People often uh, shun or look down upon a game because it's, well, it's just a game. This is not real life stuff. But these are principles that people can take to life and and handle their lives a lot better. And they handle their lives like a championship game every every time. Yeah, definitely. I, I truly believe that that uh, you know it kind of depicts a, a that one game depicts a a story of of a bunch of a bunch of people all wrapped into one. You know, you yes, sir. kind of start out up top, and it's kind of like a roller coaster ride. You know, it's, everything's good and good, and then boom, you get slapped in the face with a challenge or or in life it may be a death or, or the loss of a job or something, but you can't, you can't, you know, dwell on it or, or grieve grieve on it for too long. you gotta, you got to, you know, take that next step forward and, and really, uh, you know, move on with your life or, or think about that next play. What can I do to to uh, help my team on this next play? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I'm going to give you another scenario. It's the fourth quarter. You guys have a 28-20 to 20 lead, and Oklahoma is coming back. And they drive the ball down the field, score a touchdown, and tie the game with one minute and 26 seconds left in regulation. What's going through your mind at that very moment? Uh really I'm getting myself ready for the for a red ball situation which is a hurry up offense and actually in, in that situation it's clutch there's red balls a hurry up and clutch is, is get out of bounds so uh, we're trying to pres- you know preserve the, the clock and the time so we're, we're thinking about you know 
hitting routes on the outside and, and uh, you know, having successful plays each time. You don't want to take any sacks. You don't want any dead plays. You want to move the football down the field. So uh, we get the ball on, like, the 20-yard line, and and we call a play that we've called, you know, 100 times. And I'm, I'm looking at the safety in the middle of the field. The ball snapped, and he goes straight back as opposed to how uh, cover two safeties will kind of run towards the to over the top towards the sideline. So I'm thinking I got cover four out, and and I see my receiver kind of gives me a little a little stutter at the top of his the top of his route. So I think he's breaking it down, but he's really just getting by the the corner. And I throw it out there, and the corner picks it, takes it to the house. Wow. So. From then on, I'm I'm on the sideline and I just revert to to everything that I've been told, you know, everything that I've been coached and and uh, you know I look up and I got a, a minute left on the clock and you know I I, I have a, a couple of teammates come up to me and and this was this was huge. My teammates come up to me and tell me that they still believed in me and that uh, you know I'm the best quarterback in the country and this and that and they're they're, you know, they're still giving me confidence and, and uh, showing me that you know, they still support me and got my back. And, and at that point, I'm I'm thinking about, okay, I'm thinking about the next play. I'm thinking about, you know, how can we get the, this football down the field and, and thinking about the next play instead of dwelling on the last play. Well, that encouragement, it, it had to be uh, crucial, like you said. I know that, you know, if somebody makes a mistake, sometimes, you know, as a player, we can get down on ourselves. What did your coach say to you when you came to the sideline after throwing that interception? He didn't really say a whole lot. He, he, there was kind of a look of of disappointment in the read that I made because it was an incorrect read. Um, you know, the defense ran a good play. The safety kind of fooled me with his with his drop. Um, you know, I, I didn't see things as well as I should have. So, you know, the, the read was on me. Um, I knew that. And, and he knew that, but he also kind of let me handle it in the, in the manner that I needed to handle it. He he didn't come up and read me or, or you know, you know, tell me that that was a bad play or this and that. He just said, okay, we got a minute left, and we we went over two or three plays that we're thinking about calling. So I went I went through each one of those plays with a with a thought in mind of where I'm going to go with the football in, in certain coverages, and, and then when I went on the field, I was looking for those coverages. So instead of berating you, he just lets you do what you need to do to be who you are. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That, and that was big. That you know, that helped a lot because he knew, you know, from my experience as a senior, you know, I'd played in thirty that was my thirty eighth game starting and I'd played in nine more prior to being a starter. So, you know, he knew I had a plenty of experience and, and he trusted me to the fact that, you know, we gotta let him do what he's gonna do and and, uh, you know, I had made that mistake before. So, um, you know, just to go back out there and fix that and, and to uh, to respond. And, um, you know, God willing, he, he really let me respond in the correct way. And, and uh, you know, things came out um, very, uh, very good for us in the end. Right, right. So you're going back onto the field to take lead your team down the field to score would would have to be the game time touchdown cuz you you have to have this 
how was were, was at any point were you thinking about the previous two bowl games where you guys came up just a little bit short? No, no, I didn't think about anything else other than the the matter at hand, and you know I really attribute that to to my mental coaches and to my my football coaches, my my position coach, my head coach, and just preparation and practice and experience because. You know, with all without all that, I probably would have reverted to thinking about, man, this, I blew it. You know, I did this again. You know, I ended the game with an interception. You know, all these negative thoughts can creep into your head. But, you know, I chose to think about it in another manner. I chose to think about the positive instead of the negative. And, and I chose to think about, you know, what can I do next instead of right. what did I just do. Right. Wow. Wow. It- like I said, you're saying some dynamic stuff. I know people need to hear this. This is stuff that you can take into into your life, man. So you you call that final play of regulation, and it, that most of America call the trick play. What's going through through you, you guys as you taking the snap? Take us through the snap, and then the ex, the successful execution of the play. Well, you know what, our guys really didn't think about it as. This is the last play. This is this could be it. The play was signaled in from the sideline. I said, "Hey, listen up. This is our play. Trips right, slide left, circus." And you know, we broke the huddle, went up to the line of scrimmage, and we were just thinking about execution. And I think that's what really separated us that year from from teams in the past or from from a lot of the teams that have went through history is the fact that we were able to really focus on you know play at hand and what we needed to do to execute that play. We didn't dwell on other things. We just we were really in tune to to uh you know trying to win football games and we knew that that, that winning a football game came down to play by play and, and detail by detail. So, you know, we we really we really strived and, and uh you know, really um, leaned on the fact that you know, that's that's what was gonna win us football games was was the detail. So we went up to the line of scrimmage each guy. I believe truly truly went into that play with you know, what can I do right here to help my team win and you know, the play worked out to where I completed the ball and took a run down the sideline, our running back went the right way and fortunately the defensive back went with the receiver a little bit and he was able to make the pitch to our other guy. Another guy had good enough speed to beat the, the other D B down the sideline. Wow. It's just just going in with the expectation to to execute. Everything fell into place. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Wow, that that like I said again, these are keys for life. So you tied the game up, thirty five, thirty five, and you go to overtime. Now on when you get into overtime, you give Oklahoma the ball first. What was the 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 thought process of doing that? Well, I think we I think we won the toss. So we in, in overtimes with the college overtimes, Kansas City rule. Um, you know, you want to put your defense out there first because you know right. if your defense stops them, then you can win the game with a field goal, and you get kind of the 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 I guess what the law coaches call it the pen at the end. Whoever has the chalkboard the chalkboard at the end can always draw the right play up or or win the game. So. I think that was the focus there, and they scored, and our defense, 
and was getting really tired, and our coaches could tell that, you know, the, the big boys from Oklahoma were really starting to wear us down, and our defensive captain, Corey Hall, was, was really, um, you know, feeling the same way. Um, so we knew we needed to, to answer and, and uh, you know, try to win the football game. Wow. So you guys got the ball back, and it's fourth down in overtime, and your coach calls a play in from the sideline. Describe for us what goes on with that play and how you guys were able to respond to the call. Well, he called uh, he called a halfback pass, which personally I didn't agree with a whole lot because, you know, fourth down, I'm the quarterback. I want the ball in my hands. I want to complete a pass. I didn't want running back to throw the ball, but, you know, you can't you can't let off to your team that you don't agree with something like that. Um, you know, so I called a play, and, and we ran the play, and, and fortunately it was a success. And I didn't want to let my team know that because as soon as you start showing doubt, then it kind of creeps into everybody else's mind. So as a leader of the offense, you know, I, I knew that we needed to be confident and focused on that play. So, uh, you know, the, the direct snap to, to our running back, I motioned out in motion to the left, and he ran like we were running a sweep to the right, and our tight end snuck out of the, of the backfield on the left side, ran towards the corner of the end zone towards the towards the right corner and he was able to get a step and our running back Benny Peretta who uh is is on the practice squad with the Vikings so he's a player. He made a really great pass and, and uh put the ball only where our tight end could get it and, and uh Schumann came down with a good catch. Wow. Wow. So you guys have just scored. It's forty one forty two Oklahoma right now. And Commissioner Wisdom would say, kick the extra point, go for another overtime. But we already understand that your defense is wearing down. So your coach comes up with the play, we're going to go for the win. What goes on now on the field? What goes on now in your mind? Okay, this is the play. And, again, kind of the ball is not given to you to pass, but you're, you're, you're asked to, to bring this confidence to this play. What do you guys, How do you guys – respond to this this call <clears throat> oh we we love the call because we this is a play that we'd put in you know four or five years prior they'd, they'd always been running it but we put a little spin on it this year and uh we had ran we ran the play about week seven against university of idaho and it worked great it, it just so happened that they had a defensive back when we schemed them we thought he was going to be on the other side so he kind of fell into the play but we knew you know this is a great play we're going to hold on to it and uh you know, we we've been we've been trying to call it earlier in the game but fortunately we saved it. And when we were on the sideline we uh you know, I, I told my receivers, Hey, you know, you guys will we'll go and hurry up so you guys break the huddle early and I'll run out there and get set because we'd ran that um a couple plays previous in the game where the receivers broke the huddle early and all the attention was on the receivers. So in those plays, I'd snap the ball and try to get it out to the receivers, and their whole defensive uh, backfield and a couple of their strong side linebackers, their eyes would be out towards the receivers. So I was like, hey, so let's break the huddle early. You know, we'll get their attention out to you guys. We broke it early and went out there. And as soon as I seen their attention, I knew we had them. You know, I, I had a lot of confidence in this play. We'd run it 50 times in practice, and every time we'd run it, 
we'd get our scout team, and usually they'd be on the stuff. Like, we'd run a play once or twice, and the third time they'd be right there on it. So we knew this one was was a great play, and, and uh, you know, who knew it would go down in the history as, you know, one of the greatest plays ever in uh, in football. So, uh, you know, it was just a blessing. And, and uh, you know, fortunately we ran it, we ran it to perfection, and, you know, all their attention was out on the receivers and with the fake, and they're great fake by our running back. Um, you know, it worked out perfect. Wow. Uh, just, just hearing you tell this whole account of, of the last moments of this game has just been, while well, I'm looking at how, how I can put some of these things in my own life, I'm, I want to share something with you. I um, was a student at the University of Michigan right when Michigan won the national title back in 97. And that was my sophomore year in, in college. And I went to, to Michigan. In the back of my mind, I wanted to play football. I wanted to walk on a team. I always had this dream of playing for this 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 this, this team because I'm from Detroit, Michigan. So that's just Michigan was was it. And I never tried out, and I always kick myself for that. Give somebody a, a word of encouragement right now to to step out on their dreams, regardless of the situation, regardless of what may happen, so that they won't have any regrets later. I think it just kind of comes back to you know a couple of points that we've been talking about, you know, just to to have faith and, and uh have faith in God and have faith in in your dreams that you know, they're your dreams for a reason. And, you know, have confidence going into them and, and you know, never never give up on a dream. And you know, sometimes sometimes our dreams don't come true but, you know, as long as we as long as we attempt them and give it our best effort, I think we can always be happy with ourselves. So, you know, if anyone out there, you know, has a dream, I uh truly truly uh wish you the best and and just to go at it full go and uh you know hopefully everybody can can get a piece of their dream you know uh you know once in their lifetime wow yeah like i said i i'm just floored by this opportunity to to present a person as dynamic as yourself a person who's who's accomplished as much as you have to share these tips with people one last thing before i let you go jared we know that you've been recently married, um, and I just wanted to know, how has being married and your relationship with your wife, how has that given you even more strength to keep moving towards your dreams? Oh, my, my wedding and my wife it was, it was a blessing to me. Um, she's an unbelievable person, and, and she's so so supporting of, of everything that, that I want to do, uh, especially in my career. And uh, her family is, is very supporting as well. So, you know, they, they just totally push me and, and you know, inspire me to, to try to do as best as I can. And, um, and um, the motivation that they give me is just, just an extra fire. And it just makes me want to go out and, and just be the best. And to provide for, for her and, and for my family is, is a huge motivational factor as well. Well, Jared, I want to let you know this, man. I, I I am one of your fans now. I'm one of your supporters. If if ever there's anything I can do for you personally, you know, you have my phone number. You can call me because I, I I am absolutely honored and and just taken aback by a person of your magnitude. And I, I want to see you succeed in everything it is you ever try in life. <laughs> That's just God's honest truth, man. 
Thank you, man. Thank you, and uh, appreciate you having me on. And and uh, yeah, we'll keep in touch, man. Definitely. Um, is there anything you anybody you want to say hello to before you, you we let you off there? Uh, no, I got a out in in uh, Michigan area, um, or, or that went to school out there. A uh, guy that I play with, Greg Voigt. He's uh, he's up with me in Canada, to Western Michigan. But uh, okay. Oh man, I just uh, I hope I hope uh, the the best for everybody. I guess. Well, sir, we hope we are praying for the best for you too, and and I look forward to just hearing your name in in the history books as one of the most prolific quarterbacks to ever play the game. Thank you. Thank you very much. God bless you, sir. You too. Take Thank care. you for your time. Well, that was an interview with the dynamic Mr. Jared Bransky and people. I'm absolutely honored to be able to bring dynamic people to you that can give you principles and tips that you can implement in your life right away. Well, people, on that note, I want to I want to bid you adieu this week. But understand this: we we will be back next week. We'll, we're going to do some more dynamic things. We're going to bring some more dynamic guests on the show. But before we go. I want to acknowledge some people who have been really instrumental uh, in today's uh, production of this show, uh, Ms. Angel Bush down in Houston, Texas, uh, my uh, marketing consultant, Ms. Tiffany Patton, and uh, my, my publicist, Ms. Nicole Angelo down in Naples, Florida. Uh, people, each and every one of you who have had anything to do with this show, I, I honor you today. I want to give special thanks and honor to my pastor, Pastor Ginaldo Lee and Lady Tiffany Lee and uh, Great Faith Ministries Atlanta. Uh, Bishop Wayne T. and Dr. Beverly Jackson, and again, each and every one of you who, who, who tune in each and every week to creating a championship standard of living. Now, before I let you go, I want to tell you this. The very thing that you dream of, the very things you want to do, I told you I heard this last week in prayer. It's already yours. It's already blessed. Go get it. It's yours. It's already blessed. Go get it. It's yours. It's already blessed. Go get it. So, on that note, I want to leave you with my mantra and my motto. My mantra, my motto and my mantra. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. God bless you, and I'll see you next week. <laughs>